Hello, this is your host, Paul Harvey at Life, Passion and Business. I realise I put this at the end of the programme most of the time. And I also realise I don't often listen to the end of podcasts. So I thought about it, i tell you here before we get started. So the first thing is this podcast is not supported in any way. We have no sponsorship. So if you would like to support us, do check out the Buy Me A Coffee link on this podcast app. And you also find it at the website. Now, also, if you are interested in the five questions and would like to answer them yourself, do check out the resources tab at the website because the five questions is available as a workbook and an ebook. And if you want to know why that's important, check out the end of the podcast or go and check out the resources tab at the website. That's enough for me. Let's get on with the program. My name is Paul Harvey, and you are listening to Life, Passion and Business, a podcast born out of my desire to find greater meaning in life at the time when I thought there was none. Since that day, I have spoken to hundreds of people, and what I have discovered is that our story is everything, because what we do, feel or experience is based on the stories that we tell ourselves. It's time to explore what it means to live a good life. How do we make this experience better? And more importantly, how do we lead the world to a better place? Really realise over this time, for me, has been this big sort of shift. The key thing that makes projects succeed, whether that's a you know, project, a community project around sustainability and climate action, with whether that's a business strategy around sustainability, what makes those projects succeed? It isn't understanding the science of sustainability or it's about having the skills to bring other people with you on that journey. So welcome to part two of my conversation with Osbert Lancaster. If you missed part one of this conversation with Osbert, I suggest you go back and listen to it because it's a fascinating story about how his parents travelled the Middle East with him as a child and how that grounding in community really set him up for his future career. Yesterday we discovered his life journey and the choices he made um, that led him onto the path of sustainability. And today now we look and reflect at the 30-year journey he's had working in the field of sustainability, how it's changed and how you could bring some of those ideas to your business, to your life. Because what we learn from Osbert is not about having the knowledge it's about bringing people together. It's about a shared experience. And we all know what's best in the day. We all know we all know what needs to be done. We just need to do it together. So I hope you enjoy part two of my conversation with Osbert Lancaster. Uh, making oh, I've just set you up a bit, haven't I, really? <laughs> talked before about this, uh, you know, this superhero image. of. Uh, so. Oh, not all heroes wear capes, you know? Yeah. But you know, doing what I can, where I can, where I think I can make some have 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 some impact, and so yes, I think I talked about you know, I mean you know, I'm working in sustainability for over twenty years, and sort of latterly the bulk of that time now probably I need to. In the beginning of that, you must have every conversation must have been explaining what sustainability was. At least now you go into the conversation, they know what you're talking about. Absolutely. Well, <laughs> most of the time, most of the time, unless they think I'm talking about like. Business continuity or something like that. Yeah. Um, but I was actually interviewing. I was interviewing someone for our podcast the other day, um, but it turned out he's been in sort of in sustainability for about the same sort of length of time as I have. And he said he used to tell people that his job. He was he was a sustainability director with a big engineering firm. He said you know his job used to be annoying people about why they should <laughs> do stuff, but now he says you know most people know about this stuff, and his job now is supporting them do the stuff they want to do. 
which I think is a huge shift and so important. It is. It is. Um, yeah. So I mean, I mean, leadership is the thing here, isn't it? Really, what you you what you were talking about, what you alluded to when we first yeah. talked about, is that your podcast is about sustainability and leadership. So we can yeah. we can follow that that journey. I'm yeah. happy to talk about your podcast yeah. and how that works. Yeah. And also, but let's explore what you what it is you do and and how you have changed the world and what kind of effect you've had out there with this with this process and what's what you've seen change over the time you've been doing it. Yeah. Like, well, you know, the, apart from the sort of the whole. There's been a huge sort of increase in awareness over mm. that time, which I think is hugely important, hugely welcome. It's just a shame it's taken so long. Mm. Um, but what I, one thing that I've really realised over this time for me has been this big sort of shift mindset for me is really recognising that the key thing that makes projects succeed, whether that's a you know project, it's a community project around sustainability and climate action with you know and locally installing insulation or whatever in a community in a neighborhood whether that's a business strategy around sustainability what makes those projects succeed it isn't understanding the science of sustainability or about you know, writing strategies and stuff like that it's about having the skills to bring other people with you on that journey and i said when i started doing my i said before i've been on um, i worked with this ngo for small ngo for a few years and towards the end of that time is when I was getting burnt out, which I referred to. And I mm. decided to move on from that and go back into doing sustainability. But instead of doing economic development consulting to do sustainability consulting, bringing those two things together. And that's what I've been doing ever since. When I started off doing that, that was very much, um, I, in my mind, what I was doing was sort of essentially writing reports that other people then implement, um, which is what you know, management consulting was in those days. Um what I've, you know, increasingly what I realized is that what I, what I was doing was helping those people who already care about this stuff, know what they, you know, they know what they want to do, helping them make more progress faster. Um, and that's key thing about that is, is bringing other people with them on that, on that journey. And I guess that's the point is about the, the leadership in that, I guess what you're saying about that one. Yeah, that's about, you know, that's, that's leadership. So it's not, it's partly stepping back from that consultant role of saying, here's all the information you need to help you have a better strategy. Mm -hmm. It's about saying, okay, I know quite a lot about sustainability, but you don't actually need to know everything that you don't have me. You don't need me to download everything about it into your head. You will know quite a lot as well. And also the most important thing is, you know, you understand your organization, you understand the context where you're working. So what is it that you're trying to achieve? How do you know you, you want, what do you want to get your colleagues, other organizations, people in your supply chain, what do you want them to do? And how can you do that? And yeah, that's um what I you know, that, that's the real the real focus of this. And what I find again and again is you know, whether people are any people are working on sustainability, leading on that, you know, whether they're in business, not for profit, university, or whatever, all of them, all the ones I've worked with anyway, you know, they're passionate, they're committed, they're doing good work. But the frustration, the thing they're really frustrated about, almost invariably, is trying to get other people, especially senior colleagues or leaders of other organizations, whether in their supply chain or you know in, in the area, to engage seriously with sustainability and start having this conversations about sustainability as a strategic issue rather than just being an initiative where we sort of minimize our impact and we tick the boxes for the CSR reporting. How do we actually make those, how do you have the conversations we need to have to make that deeper 
strategic change in the organization. That's the, you know, that's the blockage for, you know, for so, many, many So people. what have you found is the key to get through this? What, are, what tools have you brought into it that help people yeah. see that? So key thing for this, you know, is really has been, <clears throat> it's about tapping into and help them. So what I do when I, you know, when I was working as a consultant, and now I'm working more of helping people develop, do this as their leaders. It's about tapping into other people's existing concerns, understanding what they care about, and finding common ground, finding overlap between what you're trying to do around sustainability with what they're trying to do with either their own personal concerns around sustainability. And then I think they say, God, at last we're having this conversation let's try and get sustainability going in this organization. Or they're saying, well, yeah, you know, whether I'm HR or organizational development or finance, or whatever, you know, these are the sort of things I want to achieve and here's the overlap. And um, so that's, you know, it's about finding those common, existing concerns, finding that common ground. And the way you do that, you're a coach, you know, <laughs> you know this, but the way you do that is by listening, not telling. And I think mm. so much of sort of sustainability work um, influenced by sort of sustainability ca environmental campaigners and stuff it's it's always seen as about telling people about stuff and it's really is about listening uh, if you're doing to try and do this sort of work and it's about asking asking open-ended questions and really listening to what matters to people and particularly listening for things that you could work on together and then inviting them to collaborate to achieve those you know, achieve common goals and one of the definitions of leadership is about bringing people together to work effectively on shared goals that are mm -hmm. actually meaningful. And that's what I see this is about. And that's about, yeah, about inviting people to join you on that journey. Uh, so tell me about, about your podcast, because your podcast is about leadership and sustainability, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and what have you discovered? I mean, you've been going a while now by the sounds of it. Yeah, it's been a, we're about, yeah, going, a few, going a couple of months, a few months now, um, three months, I think. Mm -hmm. Um so, and we've been, and this isn't really particularly, particularly, you know, specifically about the podcast, but we've really you know, discovered is that that is, that tapping into this stuff is what makes the difference. Mm. Um, and people can then find ways of collaborating with others and really starting to say, well, okay, well, what, you know, starting to look at what's happening in the organization, what is, start having those conversations about what is our impact what are our negative impacts? What are our positive impacts? And where do we have, because, you know, any organization is just part of the system. Mm. Where do we have influence and control? Where can we do things that we can make a difference around? Is this a particular industry you're talking about or any industry? Any industry, any, any industry, industry, any industry. Because I would imagine in some places the sustainability must be relatively clear cut and other places it must be really difficult. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, that's, that varies in, in, in all sorts of organizations and, and, and so on. Um, but it's about, you know, the first step is to try and understand what those impacts are. And I think mm. one of the things that quite annoys me about a lot of the sort of messaging around net zero, for example, is that it's, you know, a lot of, if you're, a lot of stuff you know, to, aimed at businesses saying you've got to do net zero and here's the things you can do. And I was speaking to somebody who'd um, a, a owner of a small business about this. And she was, a, you know, she ran a design consulting, a design consultancy of some sort. 
um, product and as a product product design consultancy. And she'd yeah, she'd gone through the program that this this um, this scheme offered, and she said, "Well, we don't you know we don't we don't do any hard we don't do much business travel we don't have big logistics we don't have lots of transport we don't have manufacturing we don't have big offices a lot of us work from home, and basically the only thing this program said they could do was turn down the thermostat." <laughs> And she said, that's ridiculous. Like, and you know, she knew and I knew, well, actually the biggest impact that that business could have was about speaking to their customers, helping their customers think about, you know, we're designing products for our customers. How can we get our customers thinking about sustainability? How can we get our customers thinking about the impact our products have on the world and designing them in a way in better ways? Mm. That what yes, net zero conversations generally avoid that sort of stuff. It's just about yeah, change not quite changing the light bulbs. You're a little bit beyond changing the light bulbs, but you know, unless you're in manufacturing, it's often very difficult. Or you know, you, unless you're burning large amounts of fuel, or you're in manufacturing, it's quite difficult to see what 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 it is you can do. Well, a lot of it. I mean, it's this scope thing, isn't it? It's 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 things that are it's things. It's scope three, is it? Things that are outside scope of three, your direct. That's scope three. Yeah. Things yeah. that are outside of your direct control, but the, but the point is that they are an impactful part of your business. And for many organisations. You can actually reduce you know, your 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 freedom of operation to reduce scope one and two is actually very limited for for many office based organisations. You know you're in rented you know in rented offices. That's all controlled by the landlord's facilities management, not by you. There's not much you can do about that, for example. So that's where looking at scope three is is so important. It's actually the biggest impact that many organisations have. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. 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 And I mean, one thing that does bother me that sustainability is this word that gets pushed around a lot, but sustainability to me means less bad. It doesn't mean better or regenerative or something. It means less bad than if we weren't being sustainable. I mean, I, I, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just being critical of it. Yeah, I mean, there's so many different definitions of sustainability and I got when I used to teach this stuff, it's like I guess my heart always sank when we had to start to, you know, doing more definitions of sustainability and the Bronson Commission <laughs> definition and things. Um, but for me, I, I saw I saw a really nice take on this the other day because um, yeah. some of the people there's a bit of a on LinkedIn at the moment, obviously a bit bit of LinkedIn that I see. There's a there's a bit of a Barney going on between people who are like pushing pushing regenerative. And saying we must do regenerative, you know, we must have regenerative mm. businesses, businesses which restore the natural world, and blah blah blah. And there's, there's sort of a lot of them are saying, but sustainability is, as you're saying, it's just about making things less bad. And other people are coming in and saying, no, no, sustainability is this other thing. But I saw someone make a, tie that together really nicely, and they're saying, well, actually, you know, sustainability, a sustainable, a healthy, sustainable economy, society that's good for people, that's good for the planet, where nature and people flourish together. That's sustainability. That's our that's our goal. Mm. That's where we want to be. To get there, we need to be regenerative. We need regenerative businesses, regenerative uh, organizations, a regenerative economy. So I thought that was quite a nice way of doing it, rather than mm. seeing. I don't. Yeah, I think you can frame sustainability as being less bad. I don't think that's helpful. That no, I mean, I'm not no. sure it is. I'm being I'm being provocative. Being, exactly, exactly. I'm being provocative, but but that, you know what yeah. I mean. It's like some people. The, I guess. The greenwashers will use the word sustainability because it's a word, a buzzword. It's become oh, it's a, a meaningless buzzword. word in many ways. Yeah. Tell you, yeah unless, unless you can put some 
measurements behind it. Yeah, we, we are going to be more sustainable by reducing this by 50% or by, you know, and, and, and more as go, unless you can put some qualification behind it, it's meaningless, as you say. Yeah, I think actually it's unhelpful to talk about being, of using sustainability in that, word, in that way, really. It's about, mm. we're going to reduce our impact on fresh water mm. by this much, by doing this. And be specific about what it is you're having impact on. We're going to improve our social impact by reducing the differential between our highest paid and lowest paid staff. You know, we're going to address gender equality, all of which are aspects of sustainability. They're all part of the sustainability development goals. Be specific about that and talk about them, not just sustainability in general. I think we should, you know, reserve sustainability for that for that big goal. Mm. And something that one of my, um, one of the actually one of the original directors of the Center for Human Ecology, where I, the NGO I used to work with, something he said which always struck struck me as really important to think about is, you, know, you can't actually have a sustainable organization or a sustainable business. He said because sustainability is a feature of a system. It's a feature of the whole system. And we need a it has to be a sustainable economy, a sustainable society, which in some way, I guess that makes perfect sense. And that's like big picture stuff. But people, you have to talk about it. You know, you have to talk well, about we it. Well, we touched on this earlier, didn't we? we talk, we've got to create that. The, the, we've got to create the system, not the sending system, the in order for people to move into that yeah. place, we have got to create, I, I called it a vacuum. You called it opportunity, I think. Yeah. But you've got, we've got to create the space for people to better step into. And for yeah. me, to me, I think a lot of it's about story for me. I think people are very com committed to the fact that um, I live this life and I'm enjoying this life. I don't want to change anything. Uh, and the idea of sustainability is used to be sackcloth, sackcloth and ashes. Yeah. And it's like, you know, now there is, I think there's a place in the middle of this. I'm not sure we can have this life in a sustainable fashion. I think there might be a, somewhere in the middle of the, of sackcloth and ashes and that. But it, it's about creating the stories, you know, of love on the seaweed farm or, or things that make this stuff an opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's... Um... Because Hollywood's idea of the future is either dystopian or collapsed or or something else. We don't. No one knows what the future looks like. To achieve sustainability, we'll have to, you know, improve. Have to address all these social issues and mm. um, and so on. It's like, and I think the real you know, the real point around this is that you're right. It is around narrative, around stories, around what sort of a vision of a good life looks like. That's the point. Without a vision of where we're heading, yeah, we're not going to get there. Because at the yeah, moment, I, you I don't even vision. think it's actually about a vision of where we're heading. I think it's more about a vision of what what is a good life, what what really makes for a good life, and mm, nice. I think this is about you know, what makes for a good life now. I think there's another problem with sustainability. It's always about sort of in the future it will be like this. Well, what about let's fix what we've got now as well. This is about mm. immediate stuff. So, you know, we have a society where you know, so many people are living alone. Streaming Netflix, not seeing anybody, whatever it is, not seeing anybody else. Well, is that it's you know it's a way of passing the time, but is that what they really want? Is that what people really want? Is that people? You know, do people? How do we create? Well, a, the trouble is, community is dangerous. We've already touched on that bit. Community is dangerous, <laughs> but like well, what you know, what yeah, a conversation about what sort of society do we want? What is a what is a good life? And for many people, I think you know, with with the story we're sold is we're sold useless crap which we're told will make us feel better yes yes and that is driving essentially you know it's driven 
the environmental and social destruction that's created the world we're in at the moment, essentially. Yes. Yeah. And we all know that. We all think, oh, that new jacket or whatever. I'll, look good for you know, I'm still no good at give, 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 no, still no good at presentations, even with my new jacket. Um, but I think it's like, well, so, you know, getting away from that. And that's that's really difficult because we've mm. got media. We've had me, whether that was television adverts in the 80s all the way through to now, endlessly telling us that we should buy more stuff yeah. to feel better. Yeah. And that is not helpful. I know, yeah. And we need to find other ways of yeah, avoiding that messaging and having and accessing other messaging really about, well, what is it that we really want? What will really make That's us a cultural good shift. lives? That's a cultural shift. It's a cultural shift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, right. absolutely. Absolutely. And that's going to happen. That'll... And I think that you know, it's happening. Those conversations are happening. It's springing up all over the place. Um, and we're seeing this with, you know, I never get the Gen Zs and all that stuff. I never understand which one's which. But, you know, younger people, um, you know, at Well, work, because the world they're, yes, because the world you know, they're do, going into, they, they can't buy a house, can they? Yeah. They can't, there's all these things they cannot do what the generation in front of yeah. them did do. So yeah. they're going to say, hang on a minute, this life is not working for us anymore. We want exactly. something different. And I don't want to work for an organisation that's making yeah. it even worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all that sort of stuff. So that's happening. Yeah. I think a lot of that is at the moment is like, a lot of that is sort of quite negative. We don't want this, but the conversations that are more important, but what is it we do want? Yes. I think I think we're starting to see that. I think, you know, I saw a report the other day that was saying that actually more and more you know, young people now are sort of a trend that's starting. It apparently is people moving away from smartphones, using dumb phones again, because they don't want to be endlessly connected to social media and be sort of... Having that whole, you know, that addictive. I know a lot of entrepreneurs do. A lot of high-level entrepreneurs have. Yeah, but having apparently it's a thing with phones. Yeah, it's apparently it's a thing with young people as well. Interesting. Really interesting. Interesting. That is interesting. Yeah, Yeah. Apple will struggle if that takes off. Yeah, but I think you know, participation in social media overall is reducing in some cases. Also, someone said to me, I I read somewhere that that the younger people don't drink anywhere near as much as my generation did. Uh, because of social media, because, you know, whereas it used to never be seen, now it gets photographed and distributed, so no one wants to be seen like that, so they don't do it anymore. Yeah, I never thought of it like that, but yeah. Interesting, isn't it? Yeah. So uh, let's just tie, tie us up. What, what, what's the biggest success you've had over the last 20 years in terms of, you know, in terms of a sustainability journey that you've taken someone on? Yeah. So let me think. What's, what what, 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 impro- what, what what gives you a warm, fuzzy feeling? What makes you feel good? <laughs> uh, so, I remember you saying something about a university when we when we were connecting about it and how yeah, how you right, managed to right. change their mindset. Yeah, no, I was just thinking about. I mean, there was um, put in mind of this. Um, most unsuccessful project I had, which uh, <laughs> was interesting and formative experience as well. But that's probably not the one to. Not, not well, the one to well, we can go there if you want to. I don't mind. No, no, <laughs> okay, yeah, why not? It, why not? I mean, a point, it does prove a point, doesn't it? When something doesn't work, it proves a point just as much, doesn't it? In a way. Yeah, yeah. So um, let me just have a second, remind myself what the yeah, God. So, so this was quite early on um, in my sort of sustainability career, I guess, and. So I, I said said before I had been re- doing this fundraising to um, put together a business and sustainability project or you know, organizational sustainability project, mm-hmm. and we got I got funding from WWF and that was great. We developed this pilot. I developed, developed what I thought was this great pilot project, and 
project project was all based around the idea of getting a group of people in a in an organization to come together once a week and discuss do a little sort of workshop about sustainability nice. and each week would have a different theme and so it, it started off with a sort of a, a free introductory session and i ran that with a you know with a couple of project projects it seemed to start going well and that was going fine and then i got um then i got invited to run this with um as a gov government department in fact and so I went, you know, I was pretty pleased with how it was going. I, I, I was really pleased with this shiny project I developed. I was young and enthusiastic and naive, and I knew it all. And um, so I went in and went, went in and uh, gave this you know, the presentation for the first first workshop to um, this group of people. He'd, this this guy had got together. My sort of client was the he was the environment manager, and this was the green team of people he pulled together who were doing stuff. So I gave this presentation. And I thought it had gone pretty well. And then I remember, I remember really clearly the next day that um, I was sitting at my desk. It was a sunny day in the summer. The leaves were all green. The light was shining through. I can really visualize this. And the, the phone rang. This is like a, a real phone on a desk with, you know, mm. spirally cables and things. It was going back a bit. And I picked it up. Hi, Osbert Lancaster. How can I help? And it was the guy from this environment manager. And he said, you have put my work back five years. Mm. I thought, mm. I was like, I was just, you know, like, what, what's gone on here? And, and he, you know, he told me what he thought. And, uh, you, know, what, you know, what I realized was, you know, my presentation, my focus about sustainability was all about saying that, you know, there's the, all this big problem. This is, you know, remember, this is back a few years now, quite a few years now, when this mm. wasn't on the on the on David Attenborough wasn't doing programs about this and stuff. Yep. And so I was saying all this bad stuff going on. You know, we need to do. We need to really, you know, work together, change the way we're doing it, make a big difference in the world, really take action. And all this essentially pissing around with recycling and changing light bulbs isn't going to cut it. And basically, he was saying. I've spent all these years working with this green team, getting them engaged, getting them feeling proud of all these actions they're starting to take inside the organization. And I told them what they were doing was worthless, essentially. Mm. Um, and, you know, that was really, you know, it was, I was say it was hard to take. Well, I had to take it and I took it. And it's like, but when I calmed down and when I reflected on that, I thought, he's absolutely right. Um, it's an interesting was, lesson, isn't it? That, that. it? It's a huge lesson. That was a really big shift mm. for me. It's a really sort of shift in the way I thought about things. And and, and what I really, you know, what, I, what I really got from that was the fact that you know, giving people more information isn't helpful. Or no, more information alone isn't what inspires people or engages people. There needs to be a positive emotional engagement. You know, sort of, so you know, you know, emotional emotional engagement by frightening people isn't helpful. Just information saying here are the charts. You know, we need to do stuff about it isn't helpful. There needs to be a positive, you know, emotional engagement, a compelling emotional connection. And action go, can, I and care action about this. I want to do something, and I can do something, and I can make a difference. And yeah, and part of that is then it's like, hey, and it's you know, it should have been something along the lines of, and it's great you're doing all this stuff. It's a huge amount you can really build on. You can be proud of that. And that would have changed. That would have been a completely different experience for everybody. 
that was a huge that was a that was, that was a that was my worst experience but probably one of my best lessons yes well uh, we do we learn from these things and that's the point Indeed. isn't it we, we 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 that's that's a really good thing to point out to people actually yeah. how we how we learn from those problems well, so what do you think is one of the what what you know is there a mirror is there a success absolutely one of those? yeah what, what, luckily what, luckily there is otherwise they probably otherwise you wouldn't be in business would you really? otherwise we wouldn't be here any longer absolutely so yeah that, that was the so what big project i did um uh, well, it must have been sort of ooh, 2000 and, 2008, 12, something like that, I suppose, um, maybe a bit later, with Edinburgh University. Oh, yeah. And that was helping them develop their, coming in as an external consultant to help them develop their first sustainability strategy. And, excuse me. So what they had in the what they had in the university, a massive organization, um, what they had was a really strong commitment amongst the, you know, this, uh, amongst many of the sort of estate staff to doing really good work on you know, reducing waste, reducing food waste, there's lots of stuff around getting you know, um, around reducing energy and all the student halls and stuff like that. And you've also got, you know, in the university, you've got lots and lots of academic experts working on different aspects of sustainability. But and there's, some, so there's lots of really good stuff happening. But overall, from a, sort of an organisational point of view, it wasn't really being recognised. It wasn't being supported strategically, and it wasn't being wasn't being valued particularly. And it also, it wasn't being. You know, there's lots of untapped potential. And. So, but what they did recognise was, you know, we do need to now have a sustainability strategy that was driven by a number of things. But they recognised they needed a sustainability strategy, which started pulling that together. And so, I was working with um, some of these sort of individuals who were sort of doing the already this net loose informal network of people who were doing good stuff and working mm -hmm. with them to try and really move this forward. And this goes back to what I was saying about the approach. It's about as a consultant, I came in and went and spoke to lots of senior managers, lots of senior academics, and asked, sort of essentially, had that license to ask those damn fool questions about mm. what are you doing, what do you care about, why are you doing this stuff? And really through that, like helping people in those conversations, sort of bringing them to realise that the stuff that they cared about was actually very relevant to sustainability. It was about, mm. you know, they may be teaching they may be teaching stuff about the role of citizens in forming laws in EU legislation that is really, really relevant to sustainability. They'd not thought of it like that. Um, they thought sustainability was about, are we doing recycling? So having those conversations, raising that awareness, bringing all that stuff together. And then, you know, that was lots of individual conversations, lots of, lots of workshops, lots of, and because it was a university and the way the bureaucracy works, drafting papers for committees and all that sort of stuff. But all of that really was about, you know, building those individual interests and tying that to the commitments, the sort of formal commitments the university had already made to staff, saying, well, you say you're doing this, but this could help you demonstrate you are actually doing it. And also tying into this sense of the sort of um, the university's vision of itself as being an institution which is helping shape the world. But a lot of older institutions, that's a really important part of their identity, their corporate yes, identity, in a sense. Mm. So what they came and you know, through that process, 
they, you know, we, we created a sustainability strategy which recognized that their biggest impact on the world was what they taught their students and what their students then went out and did in the world in their professional lives. And that was a huge shift from really thinking about sustainability and their, and their impact on the in their sustainability impact being what happens on the estates, energy use and stuff like that, which is all important. But this is really connecting it to organizational culture and and vision. And the result in of that, in was, a way, it's like if you're looking at the scoping of that, it's almost like it's almost like scope four. It's not scope three, is it? It's like it's exactly. Like, it's like an 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 an, an, an an addition to the scoping yeah. of what's going on. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think this actually got written into the narrative around the, you know in the sustainability strategy. But something that came up quite a lot was thinking, you know, thinking about the way in which the universities were so influential in the Enlightenment. Yes, all this new thinking that actually shaped the modern world. Yes, you know, created course. science. It's like we need to be doing the same sort of thing now to shape. A sustainable world. Yes, and we, you know, we need to be as universities. We ought to be. You have a responsibility because we are responsible institutions. We need to be doing that properly. Have How they measured? Have they measured the effect? Have you, has, have you gone back and seen what the result was? I've not gone back, but what I do know was that the immediate, you know, the well, not say immediate in university terms, but you know, shortly you know, a few years after that strategy was adopted, they recognised they actually needed to put their money where their mouth is in terms of resourcing. A you know, creating a whole new department to support sustainability agenda across the whole university. Um, so they created the Department of Social Responsibility and Sustainability, which was, you know, pretty well resourced, senior senior director, and a good number of staff to, to take that forward, and actively collaborating with a whole range of other units. They look. Did they do the uncomfortable job of looking who was funding themselves and? They've done all sorts of interesting things. Because um, a lot of universities had to have got some strange funding connections. All the diver all, you know, like the divestment campaigns and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. What's that? What's really in that? You know, and again, I'm not followed the detail of what happened in Edinburgh with no, that. No, I don't know either. But, but I, I think know what's, what's, yeah, what that what that means is it's actually there's this ratchet effect from taking making that sort of commitment. You know, yeah, you you can get no, you can you, know, you can get people to sign off on stuff, but it's slightly I'm slightly. Um, Inappropriate way of thinking about it, you know, but when people say we want to do this, we are going to commit to do something, they publish that, and then that gives those who want them to move further and faster and deeper a really useful hook. Mm. So the you know the, the various student the student activist groups and stuff could say, right, you've just signed up for this. Why are you still got shares in X? Yes. And that's that you know, and they go, oh. Oh well, luckily we've got a department which will work on how to work out how the hell do we extricate ourselves from that. Yeah. So yeah, it's been a really powerful. You know, that's, that's mm. yeah, it's, it's really helped bring about some real change there. It sounds like you've had an amazing journey over the last twenty years with this, and and had an opportunity to to meet some very interesting people. Absolutely, uh, yeah. It's been so back in the back in the day of in the sort of uh, late nineties and stuff. You know, there was yeah. Uh, Lots of people who are sort of pretty much sort of household names, not, on a, not exactly household names, but people who are sort of big names. And when you look at who's yeah. involved in developing, you know, carbon strategies with the yeah. UN and stuff, you know, they were postgrads starting to think about this, doing their dissertation on this stuff all those years ago and coming and giving lectures, you know, public lectures about this. Um, and now that, you know, there's, you know, they're leading big institutions on some of this stuff. So that was being absolutely great. And now, particularly with, you know, with the podcast, um, opportunity to have some really interesting conversations with people leading on sustainability and some you know, very big and 
important institutions. Oh, yeah. Well, on that note, I think we'll leave it there. Thank you so much for this process, this journey where you've taken me on. I've really enjoyed it. So if people want to connect with you, uh, obviously there's the podcast, which yep. can you remind me the name of it again? Leadership for Sustainability. And you can find that where? In all the usual places. Lovely. Lovely. Where, where you find podcasts. Okay. The easiest place to find everything about what I do and the podcast and everything else is my company website, and that is realize.earth. Lovely. Are you available on social media channels at all? You can find me on LinkedIn. Search my name. There's no there's no one else there on LinkedIn with the there same are, name. There can't be many Osberts in the world, I don't imagine. Not many. No, indeed. Lovely. Yep. Well, Osbert, thank you so much for taking the time and having this exploration. We really enjoyed the process. All those links will be available at the website lifepassionandbusiness.com. In the meantime, thank you so much. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. All the best. And that was Life, Passion and Business with Paul Harvey and my guest, Osbert Lancaster. Now, Osbert is not a big social media user, but you can find him on LinkedIn. So do check him out there. And also his website, which is realize.earth. It's a very unusual URL. Quite unique, I think. So do check out his details uh, on, on LinkedIn or on his website. There is also the podcast, Leadership for Sustainability which you can find on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And as always, those links will be available at the website lifepassionandbusiness.com. Hopefully you have been following this podcast for a while and have explored the five questions for yourself. But if not, what's stopping you? You know, after hundreds of interviews, I can say with a hand on my heart that having answers to the questions about our passion a picture of success, an awareness of contribution, thoughts around the one question and a sense of what it all means. That is the path to a good life. Now look, you don't need me to tell you that our world is changing faster than at any other time, certainly any time I can remember. And we must be sure to know who we are and what we want out of this journey because we will not get it unless we choose it. So please give it some thought because, you know, your future depends on it. And if you'd like some help with that process, do check out the resources tab at lifepassionandbusiness.com where you will find the five questions, ebook and worksheets. Now, this stuff is packed with exercises to help you on the journey towards self-discovery. And it's at the amazing price of just $12.99. So do check that out at the resources tab at lifepassionandbusiness.com. Now, finally, has this podcast been useful to you? If so, please consider giving us a five-star review on the app of your choosing and, of course, sharing it with a friend because that's how people like yourself find good podcasts. And that's it from me until Sunday. As always, thank you so much for being here with me on this journey. I so appreciate your time and attention. I'll catch you next time. All the best.